Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Think about this. If you were to die, you know, and I know it's not a, it's not a fun thought. Is there a confidence in the hearts and lives of those around you that they know you want to be with the Lord? You would like it to be. I want them to have hope. You know, we, we're going to miss people. That's a normal part of the human experience. Uh, death is not fun. We don't look forward to it. When people we love die, it's sad. We cry. That's all normal and humane. But it, it sure does help. If I could know in the back of my head, but it's not really goodbye and see you later. In your walk with Christ, have you ever felt like God is angry with you? Have you ever felt like no matter what you try to do to get your life right, God keeps shutting doors? Today, Pastor Bill explains that you need to always remember where you stand in your faith. When you accept Jesus into your heart, He spared you from His wrath that will come to dispel the evil of this world. No matter how close you are with Jesus, there will always be difficult times. Stay committed to the Lord and remember your place in heaven. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4, as he begins his message, A Comforting Hope. So 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, we're covering verses 13 through 18. And so we're at the point in Thessalonians where Paul is going to begin dealing with, he's dealing with something that it looks like it's, it, it looks like it, it, it arose out of questions from the believers in Thessalonians. Remember, Paul, when he first planted the church there, how many weeks did he get to be with them? Three, three weeks, three Sabbath days. So in three Sabbath days, Paul did some, some pretty solid teaching. And but he didn't obviously in three weeks, he didn't complete everything. It wasn't complete. And so it seems like these believers were confused about death, um, you know, about the, between the rapture and death and, and what happens. And where, what about those who die before the rapture? They they these believers are thinking that they those people have missed out like they weren't going to make it. And Paul says, no, no, no. Let me let me let me clear this up for you guys. So I want to do something a little different today. I'm going to go ahead and read through First Thessalonians four. All of I'm going to read 13 through 18, and then we're going to go back and study it. So everybody look at 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. I'm going to read all the way through to verse 18. Just follow along with me. It says, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Least you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And so let's go back up to verse 13 now and, and let's walk through this together. The first thing Paul says is, uh, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. So we know he's speaking to believers. Amen. When he says brethren, this is so this isn't this message doesn't apply to non-believers, which is very important because Paul says some things here that it only pertains to the believer, it only pertains to the Christian. Uh, how many guys have been to the 
funerals, and it seemed like every funeral you go to, the person was a saint, even if they wasn't a saint. Even if you know that he died in a gunshot, gang banging, selling dope and crack. He had a crack pipe in his lips, a gun in his hand, and, and he died. And he's, in a, he's resting in peace. He's in a better place. I don't mean to be mean, right? But that's not the case. That's not true. That's not accurate. That's not, um, it's just not true, right? So uh, I want to be fair. I want to be biblical. Um, when we die, we go somewhere. Um, and that's important. We're going to talk about that today. What happens when we die? Um, because everybody here, that's one thing we have to look forward to. Everybody here has a date with death, unless we're part of the group that's here for the rapture. It's something that everybody has to look forward to. We should plan for it. We should make sure that we're prepared in advance because it's coming for everybody. And so Paul says, look, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren. And, and so first of all, the word ignorant, it, it, it means to not know. To lack through, uh, to not know through lack of information, or um, some would just say uninformed, just just don't know. Paul, says, I don't want you guys to be ignorant. Uh, in a moment, he'll say specifically about concerning those who have fallen asleep, but he wants the believers here to to be educated. He wants them to understand what happens when you die, and I think this is so important because wrong doctrine will lead ultimately to wrong beliefs. And wrong beliefs lead to wrong living, right? If, if I think that, now, let's say I'm living my life and I think that, you know what? Everybody eventually goes to heaven because God is so nice. Um, that's a wrong belief, amen? That'll probably lead me to a wrong living because are there some things that y'all do different because y'all know that God got to get you? Uh, that, that there is a heaven and a hell. There are definitely some things that are different in my life because I believe I fear God. I understand that I've been, I've been forgiven, um, but God is not playing games with me as a believer that God disciplines those that he loves. There are times where my flesh would rather do something, but I don't do it because I fear God. Anybody here ever thought about hitting somebody? And, and, the, and the God radar was like, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't mess up my witness out here. So it's not about you today. M many times in my life, it would have been easier to do it my way. But God was like, no, nah, you, you no longer belong to you, son. You belong to me. There's, there's some people out there, the only thing that kept their teeth in their mouth was that I belong to the Lord. You know, they, 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 could, they could thank God for they, they should praise the Lord for it. So anyway, um, it should make a difference in your life. And so um, Paul says, look, I don't want you to be ignorant about this. I don't want you to have a wrong belief that leads you to wrong living. If you're a note taker, write down Matthew 24, verses 45 to 51. In this chapter, Jesus has dealt with, talked about all the different end times events, the, the rapture, the, the second coming, the, the, the tribulation period. And he, he wraps up the chapter, giving a, a story. And in his story, there's a faithful servant and there is a wicked servant. He said the master, there's the master who represents the Lord. And he gave his servant something to do while he was gone. Then he departed. And he was going to be coming back at a, at a time that he had not specified. Nobody knows exactly when the master is going to come back. And in this scenario, if you go and read it, the faithful servant, there were three things about him. He was ready for the master's return at all times. Right. He was he was he just stayed ready. You know, y'all know the adage. If you stay ready, you ain't got to what that. OK, so the, the wise servant has that philosophy. He just stays ready for the Lord's return. I don't know when the Lord's coming back. So I'm always going to be ready for the Lord, my master, to come back. The faithful servant was doing what his master had called him to do. 
the master had given him something to do and he was doing it. And so that's another thing for us to identify as faithful servants, believers. We've been given something to do. Are we doing it? Are you doing what God has given you to do? The faithful servant was doing what his master had given him to do. And so when the master showed up unannounced, he rewarded the faithful servant, gave him responsibility over more. In contrast, the wicked servant, the wicked servant had an attitude that said this. He believed his master was delaying his coming. Everybody say wrong belief. It says that the wicked servant, he said in his heart, my master delays his coming. Now, he ain't coming back no time soon. Uh, that's a wrong belief. Then it says, so what he began to do is to mistreat his fellow servants and get drunk. Everybody say wrong practice. His wrong belief led to wrong practice. So when the master showed up, it says he will be caught unprepared and punished. It says that he will, he will be given put into his place with the hypocrites where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, does that sound like heaven? No. no, no. So the wicked servant said in his heart, my last, my master delayed is coming. And I, I don't got to be looking for him every day like that. Y'all are taking this thing too serious. I'm finna go party. I'm here out there whooping on folk, getting drunk with people. And the Lord showed up, his master showed up, and he was not ready. Did he get a second chance? No. He got appointed his place with the fakes, with the phony baloney, with the hypocrites, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Every time you see that in scripture, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's speaking about judgment, eternal judgment, right? I ain't, I've, I've had pain in my life. I've never had pain where I gnashed my teeth. Um, you know, that's, I mean, I want y'all just to think about what that would look like. Weeping and the gnashing of teeth, there being so much pain that you're just grimacing. That's where that person goes. So he had a wrong belief that led to a wrong practice that landed him in the wrong place. Amen. That's what Paul is saying to these believers. I don't want that for you. I want y'all to be ignorant. I want y'all to know what's going on. I want to do my job as a pastor. I love you guys. And I want to be faithful to God. I want to be faithful to his word. I want, I want us to have a great understanding of what it means to be in relationship with the Lord, that we be prepared. I, my heart is I want everybody to go to heaven, y'all. I want all you guys to be. I want to see all you guys in heaven. I want you to know the Lord now because there's a benefit on earth to being in relationship with the Lord. But then there's a hope beyond this life. We're going to leave this place. We're going to die. And it'll it'll be so important then that we had this right. It'll be so important. It'll be so critical then that we were correct about our belief. And so moving on, Paul says again, verse 13, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Uh, falling asleep is a, a phrase used to speak of those that have passed away. Um, interesting that the, the, the idea of, of, of sleep or rest for, you know, is used to speak of death only of the believer. Never in scripture is the idea of a non-believer's death spoken of as rest or sleep. Uh, says in Isaiah that there's no rest for the wicked. Um, and so, uh, you know, for the believer, though, that dies in the Lord, it's, it's, it's they, their rest. And so, again, I always I think of the our culture and how everybody gets a R.I.P. How many people got a R.I.P. tattoo of somebody who ain't in heaven? They wasn't even trying to go to heaven. They had no intentions of getting there. And so we, but we have this idea that everybody is resting in peace. Not true. Not true, family. Everybody's not resting in peace. Some people are are with the Lord and some people are not. If you're not with the Lord, you're not resting. And so I want to break down real quick. I, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about heaven when we're done here. 
But I want to talk about hell for just a moment because I think we got to understand both in order to appreciate the teaching. So for a person that dies apart from Christ, what does the Bible say happens to them right now? Um, according to Luke's gospel, the story of the rich man and Lazarus, you can look that up. There were two individuals. This is before Christ died and rose. Um, but you had a rich man and Lazarus. They both died. Lazarus was evidently a believer, uh, a poor beggar, but a believer. The rich man evidently was not a believer. And the story goes that these they both died. Uh, but before they died, the rich man was rich. It says he fared sumptuously every day. That's Bible terminology for he was balling. He lived well. He ate good. He had nice clothes. Um, he was living large. And it says Lazarus was poor. He was a beggar. He would beg for crumbs from the rich man's tables. Um, and so I mean, you, the picture of both before death, most of us would say we would rather be the rich man and not Lazarus. Right. But 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 what was going on externally had nothing to do with what was going on internally. Right. You can be poor, a believer or a rich believer or a poor non-believer or a poor, you know, uh, you know, both ways. And so the rich man died. Lazarus died. And it said that. Lazarus was escorted by angels into Abraham's bosom. Uh, that was the temporary holding place. That was paradise for the saints uh, that have died before Christ would die and rise from the grave and then take them to heaven with him. So Lazarus was escorted by, he was angelic escort into paradise. But it says, but, Laz, but the rich man, he went right away into torment. And he was in torment, there was flames. And he was in such torment, he asked, he said, Abraham, can, can you ask him to dip the tip of his finger in water and touch my tongue, for I am tormented in the flame. Now, anybody here ever been so thirsty that you would let another human being put their finger in water and touch your tongue? I've never been so thirsty that I think that I felt like that would help. Right? A, a, a drip of water on my tongue. I, I, if I'm thirsty, I want I want a guzzle. Give me a bottle, you know, give me a water hose or whatever. But he was in torment in the flame. And that's what he said. We have to understand this, that when people die apart from Christ, they are forever apart from Christ. Um, there is torment. There is hell. There is destruction. Um, and then for the non-believer, it, go, it goes from bad to worse because that's where they are. They're in torment now. But then it says in Revelation, uh, at the end of Revelation 20, after the great white throne judgment that everyone that's rejected Christ is going to be eternally cast into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. So it's going to be a wrap. They'll be in torment. So we know that in, in torment, there's 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 a mental awareness. I think that there'll be people in hell that knew they didn't have to be there. And that'll be part of the torment of hell, knowing that I didn't have to be here. They probably will remember every time they heard the gospel and blew it off. Right. All that's going to be there. That's that's a reality. That's what God has come to save us from. Um, and so we need to understand that as we move forward with the rest of this. So come back to First Thessalonians four. Now, Paul said, again, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning those who have fallen asleep. He says this, least you sorrow as others who have no hope. So there are some that have no hope. These are non-believers. These are non-Christians. If a non-Christian dies, they have no hope. There's nothing you can do for them. Can you pray for a non-believer after death? Can I tell you guys as a pastor how many times I've been asked by a family to, could you pray for my, 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 my such as, my such as has passed away. Would you pray for them? And I'm heartbroken because I'm like, man, there's, 
I understand theologically there's nothing we can do for them now. You know, um, we can't pray for them. We can't pray them out of purgatory does not exist. It's a non-biblical ideology. Um, there's nothing to do for the non-believer. Everything that God calls us to do is for the living. When I go to a funeral, I don't preach about the dead unless the dead person was a believer. I'll, I'll, I'll preach their life because their life will preach. But other than that, when I go to a funeral, I feel like I'm preaching to the living. Everybody here, this dead person is a reminder we're all going to die and let me prepare you for that. And I'm going to give the gospel out. That's, that's the best use of a funeral is to speak to those that for, for whom there's still hope. Because those that have died, there is no hope for the person that's already died apart from Christ. And so he says, I, want, I don't want, but, but Paul tells the Thessalonian believers, I don't want you guys to sorrow about the dead, the, the believers in Thessalonica that have died as those who have no hope. Because when believers die, we have great hope. Amen. Someone dies in the faith. Someone dies as a believer. We got all kind of hope. And, and I'll end the message today just dropping some verses that we can rejoice for them. They don't want to come back. Uh, I did a funeral two weeks ago for my aunt Lily. Um, and this is one of my mom's sisters. She passed away, but she was a believer my entire life. Um, as her kids came up, she led all of her kids to the Lord. Her testimony everywhere with everyone was the Lord. Her testimony with her, the people she worked with as a nurse was the Lord. Her witness everywhere to her husband, um, she, her grandkids. I mean, she had been, she had repped the Lord for generations and led family members of Christ that are walking with the Lord. And so it was easy to do her funeral because, you know, it's like, man, she's no longer suffering. She is healed. She is with the Lord. She is, you know, there's pleasures evermore. There's joy forever. I mean, it's easy to talk about, you know, her life and her situation because if there was a confidence that she had went to be with the Lord. So we have hope for her. She, she, I guarantee you, she would not come back. If, if, if I went to heaven and somebody prayed me back, I might lose my salvation. It's uh, like, why would you call me back to this place? You should have just, I would have waited for you up there. And now, now I might not make it back, you know. So, um, well, let's look at this. So, so he doesn't want them to sorrow as those who have no hope. Um, and again, I, I, I'm, I'm blown away that I, I feel like at every uh, funeral or every passing of a person, um, they want to believe because it, it makes you feel better that people are in a better place. But I want to I want to I want people to actually be in a better place. Right? I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to make people feel better. Just all right. Well, they're probably in a better place. We hope um, maybe if God was super, super gracious, maybe, 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 you know, I, I want to have real hope for those that pass away. We're, you know, quite possibly many of us are going to die. And think about this. If you were to die, you know, and I know it's not a, it's not a fun thought. Is there a confidence in the hearts and lives of those around you that they know you went to be with the Lord? You would like it to be. I want them to have hope. You know, we, we're going to miss people. That's a normal part of the human experience. Uh, death is not fun. We don't look forward to it. When people we love die, it's sad. We cry. That's all normal and humane. But it, it sure does help if I can know in the back of my head. But it's not really goodbye. It's see you later. Right. This is extended. I'm going to see you later. It's not goodbye. If you die without Christ, I'm going to heaven. It's goodbye. Because I, I, I know I'm not going where you're going. That's something I don't want to go where you're going. And so, um, you know, we want to have that hope for those that are in Christ. Christians call death sleep. Um, and this was emphasized in the in early Christians. Um, they're the first ones to call uh, cemeteries 
they were, that was what they called their burial places cemeteries, um, which means dormitories or sleeping places, um, because Christians believe that you know they were just you know they were they were resting. They're not they're not dead. They're not they're, you know they, they didn't cease to exist. That they're now with the Lord. And so some people die in hope of better. Um, we they die in hope of being with the Lord of, of, of being in God's presence, and that's true for the believers. Believers. Um, are in God's presence. They have peace. They have healing. They have comfort. They have joy. They have pleasures evermore and on and on. Um, but some die apart from that hope, only to enter into the worst and unimaginable punishment with no hope of any improvement or change. All of this is why Christ came. He says in 2 Peter 3, 9, that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's God's heart for everybody. Why God the Father sent God the Son to die on the cross for the sins of the world and why God the Son says he's not willing, doesn't want anybody to perish, to die without him. But he wants everyone to repent, to turn from their sins and come back to him. And, and God makes it possible that everybody can, right? That's when you think about salvation, it's available to everybody. But what if you're really, 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 really bad? Yes, especially you. Um, you know, you name whatever crime, whatever wicked thing you think a person could do, God would forgive them and receive them if they would come to him in faith. Uh, there's nobody outside the realm of God's ability to save. The scripture says that he is able to save even to the uttermost those who come to God through him. And so I love that about the Lord. Nobody's left outside. Nobody that wants in is left out with the Lord. People might want to put you out. Uh, I watched a report from um, I keep getting mixed up between which guy it was it, whether it was Jeffrey Dahmer or it was the other guy. One of those guys got saved. He might, he might seen the, uh, was, it was Dahmer. Okay. So he got born again, uh, in prison after, you know, he, he did some real wicked, vile stuff, but evidently he got born again for real, uh, accepted that his death was coming. He deserved it. He didn't fight it. He spent the, whatever years he had in there after he got saved. You know, they, they said he would, he would fold up verses and he was giving out the word in there. And I remember sitting, there was a reporter that was reporting on his life. And she seemed to have a hard time with the idea that he could somehow believe after what he's done, that it just didn't seem right to her that he should be able to believe that you're going to go to heaven now. That, that, and, and I remember just thinking, that's the power of the gospel. That a man could be that vile, that wicked. And come to Christ. And I and I know Christ can save him. And so I remember watching that thinking, that, that guy is saved, man. God saved him. God reached to the uttermost and saved him. Here's the encouraging thing. If that dude can be saved, I know I'm good. Right? <laughs> Praise God. I, I ain't never ate a person. I ain't never chopped a body up. You know, so I'm like, man, God, hey, I got all the faith. I, I, I'm not mad that you saved him, but it sure does boost my faith that I know I'm saved. So. Uh, don't be mad at it. Be encouraged by that. Amen. Some people be mad at it. Like, I don't think it's right. Get over it. You need to be saved too. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Um, in verse 14, this is key, right? So, so 13 runs into 14. So I want to read it together. He says, um, you know, at least you sorrow as others who have no hope. Now he, he contrasts it for if we believe that is critical and that is key. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. So this thing is true for a certain group of people. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, that's the gospel. 
If you look at the gospel of 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 5, it says that we believe that Jesus died according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and three days he rose again according to the scriptures. You've just heard a transforming word, a ministry out of Inglewood, California. Do you know Jesus? We want you to find the inexpressible joy and hope found in him. We'd strongly encourage you to go to calvaryinglewood.org to get started in knowing Jesus personally. Part of the ministry of Jesus focused on loving others in an unassuming way, like that of a servant. Listen to the words of Paul as he prays for you and me to have that same kind of love. It reads like this from 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. We believe that your relationship with Jesus and others matters. That's why this ministry dedicates a space on our website to download the mobile app. This is a great tool to have because it allows you to grow in your faith whenever and wherever you are. There's nothing better than having the teachings of Jesus right at your fingertips. Head on over to calvaryinglewood.org and scroll down to the bottom of the page. There you'll find the information you need. Here it is again, in case you missed it the first time. CalvaryInglewood.org. Do you need someone to talk with or pray for you? Don't wait another second longer. We would be overjoyed to be that someone for you today. You can call us at 310-245-4811. That number again is 310-245-4811. We look forward to hearing from you. Well, we're out of time for today. Plan to join us again on A Transforming Word.